Hello and welcome back to the Black Shoe Diaries podcast on a, a sad day, uh, the latest sad day of uh, a never-ending train of sad days for Penn State fans and uh, Joe Paterno fans and you know, fans of college football and, and fans of, of genuinely and generally good people. Uh, Joe Paterno is currently, uh, the viewing continues as of Tuesday night, 8.45, uh, we'll go for another two hours up in State College, probably even beyond that, as people uh, line up. Uh, the line apparently stretches across the campus to uh, just pay their respects to Joe Paterno. Uh, Chris Grovich here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Kevin Powers in Washington, D.C. Uh, hello, old friend. Yep. We're, uh, something snarky doesn't feel as appropriate as it no. did earlier in the fall, does it? No, no, it doesn't. And... I, I don't know, and, and we discussed this just prior to hitting record, um, I don't know where this is going, and <laughs> you don't know where this is going because we don't plan these things as a as professionals would. I, I'll say this, um, just on my desk in our little office, which is just a bedroom for a future baby, um, but right now it's an office, it's a desk just covered in random papers and every time we clean it it seems to build up more and I was just able to clear off a little little tiny space of it and I I found something that I I must have saved when it came out in in 2000 it's the final peanut strip January 3rd uh, 2000 and it's just a a picture of Snoopy sitting on top of his doghouse with a typewriter and a little piece of paper in it and it says, uh, Dear friends, I've been fortunate to draw Charlie Brown and his friends for almost 50 years. It has been the fulfillment of my childhood ambition. Unfortunately, I am no longer able to maintain the schedule demanded by a daily comic strip. Therefore, I am announcing my retirement. I've been grateful over the years for the loyalty of our editors and the wonderful support and love expressed to me by fans of the comic strip. Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, Lucy, how can I ever forget them? Charles M. Schultz. Uh, so I, I, I'm like, wow, why did I save this? And it just like a sort of historical artifact that I, I happened to clip out of the paper for no good reason. And and then I looked up Charles Schultz on, uh, on Wikipedia. I'm like, you know, I'm just thinking about how long he was able to, to do what he loved. And as it turned out, he was dead five weeks later. And and, it all, and and I just discovered this on my desk twenty minutes ago, and it came back to me like, oh god, this really, this really is a thing. And you know, Schultz had, as I learned, Parkinson's, and he fought colon cancer for about eleven years, and 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 he was gone five weeks after he stopped working. And uh, it's it's crazy. It's it's a really, yeah. really it's a really really strange and, and a common thing. I mean, my uncle died. He was a pharmacist in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. He died like three days after he shut his pharmacy down. He was just cleaning everything up. Three days later, he had a heart attack and he was dead. Um, just it's 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 a weird phenomenon, and I am never going to retire. I mean, <laughs> I'm either going to do it at like 55, where where it's still pretty safe. Or just work until uh, they find me dead at my desk. Yeah, you know, I heard I I wasn't even sure which which um, paterno uh, paterno son it was on on NPR on the way home today. Um, I love how NPR covers sports. By the way, <laughs> yes, um, they uh, it's it's so it's so random and and um, 
and and humanistic to the point where it's so clear that they're not into sports. But um, anyway, he had he one of the comments was that he had all these you know, uh, wh- whoever it was was lament. They were a little choked up, and I couldn't even tell for all the times I've heard um, various ones, especially Jay talk. But he was choked up that Joe Paterno wasn't able to fulfill all of his kind of retirement goals. I can't remember how it was phrased. And I just remember thinking, where did that retirement goal seems like the, when was the last time anyone brought up like, yeah, I think Joe Paterno, once he gets into retirement, um, you know, we, we had a, some, a a coworker of mine had, had mentioned we were just bullshitting about, I don't even remember what, all of the things that Bill Clinton has gotten himself into, and and I'm and this is obviously an apolitical podcast, but he's done so much fundraising, and um, he's you know done stuff in the golf. He's written books. He's really like his his post his retirement, so to speak, is is kind of it's a mini a mini life, you know, a mini set of of things. Right. And I don't remember ever thinking that Joe Paterno was ever going, even if he had retired in two thousand four or whenever it was. I never remember thinking, man, he is going to be just so amb- ambitiously into things in retirement. It's, um, I, I saw a similar quote about that. I, I, I don't know if it was Jay or Scott either. I don't want to misquote them or misattribute it. But he had mentioned that Joe had said to Sue, I guess after he was fired, that they wanted to uh, go sink their feet in the sands of Hawaii because I guess they went to Hawaii fairly often for the Nike coaches uh, retreat and and some other things i guess if joe wasn't at the jersey shore he was down in hawaii and it's i guess they had travel plans and yeah it's funny to think like when when was he ever going to quit to go travel with sue like when was that ever part of any plan that you know yeah and i I mean people have said like oh he'll probably you know when he feels kind of overwhelmed or overworked he'll just kind of fade away into the to these kind of dinners where he gets to um, speak and and uh, and do a little fundraising and a little of this and a little of that, but I never I never really pictured him kind of taking on some grand uh, some grand kind of post you know post career project. But Sue, uh, we're going to Amsterdam, right? Like what? Or we're you know we're starting a foundation. We're um, we're moving to. Uh, I mean, like hell, he never like. He never moved houses, so where were you know where were they going to go? <laughs> right. um, but then you know the other the other side of this is you know you bring up you bring up Charles Schultz and you, everyone obviously has talked about Bear Bryant a lot this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he 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 survived post career by multiples compared to those two guys, even in you know in the face of all this kind of terribleness and and. Uh, and dread, but you know, Panansky wrote a very short, um, very upbeat kind of thing for for SI about about how optimistic and how surprised he was about how optimistic Paterno was, kind of in his final moments. And that's certainly not that's uh, certainly not the the picture that people have been kind of assuming was the case. You know, you hadn't seen him. I mean, he was so, it was so rare to see him even after after right. those infamous days on his front porch. So the idea that he was kind of, you know, able to uh, to keep, you know, remain optimistic and take things in stride and keep perspective on, I don't even know what that means to keep perspective when you're in his shoes in the situation, but yeah, certainly was surprising to me to read that today. 
it's yeah, it's it, it's like you don't even know how to feel about it in in you know situations like this. I I don't think that's uncommon in in any sort of way. As as I wrote when I you know I, when when we first found out that he was close to dying or that he had you know the the erroneous reports that he had died. And we'll get into that in a minute, I'm sure. I was up at two in the morning, Sunday morning. And, and by that time the, the, the report had been retracted, but it was clear that the end was, was pretty near and just trying to write something, anything about Joe Paterno uh, and his life. I just sat, you know, sat there in bed staring at a blank computer screen and <laughs> writing one line, starting over, writing two lines, starting over. And it, it really, you know, it's almost like one of those New Orleans jazz funeral songs where it starts off really slow and sad and it, it sort of mulls about for three or four minutes and all of a sudden at the very end you get this very upbeat, happy, celebratory music. And you know, it, and, and it made me think like it, it's a life to be celebrated. And that's that's sort of what I settled on because who gets to call their own shots for you know a 60-year career? He basically had that, and, and he would have, you know, if if this presentment had been kept secret three more weeks or four more weeks, he would have made it through the regular season and, and probably would have announced his retirement because that was apparently his plan anyway. And, you know, that last month aside, he essentially got to call his own shots throughout his career, and that's something that nobody gets to do. David Jones wrote a very, very good article that, that tied his mother in who's in her eighties. And he said, you know, people in their eighties don't get to be relevant. And, and it's true. You know, they're, they're, he said their friends die. They go off to a nursing home somewhere and, you know, they watch television and then they go to sleep. And Joe Paterno, you know, despite those of us who uh, thought that he should have retired, Many years ago, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, five years. Would it pick your number? Whenever, whenever you turned on it, if you did. If if you're in that situation, you're Joe Paterno, and you have you know the power to call your own shots and stay on. Sure, of course you do. So I can't begrudge him that. You know, it it, it it's a life, as I said, exquisitely uh, lived on its own terms. And, and that's sort of the takeaway I have of, of his life. His father wanted him to make an impact. That's what we heard over and over again when, when referencing uh, Angelo Paterno, his father. And uh, it, it's very safe to say that despite what happened with uh, Jerry Sandusky and despite Joe's mistake, and, and it was a mistake that he didn't do a little bit more, you don't feel good about saying that <laughs> everything he did over 60 years, raising almost a billion dollars by some accounts for Penn State, um, changing the lives of, of many, many players. You don't want to say that that stuff outweighs uh, what allegedly happened to that child in, in the football locker room, but it, it's hard to escape the weight and the gravity of, of either side of it, really. But, you know, the man did a lot of good. A yeah, lot and of good. And, and that's... There are people who want to take their shots now, you know, while, while he's still, you know, 
lying in 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 state, so to speak, right. up in up in state above college. the grass at least. Yeah, above the grass, and um, yeah, I, I get that because people want to make their points about child abuse and all that stuff, but it's uh, it's 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 a life well lived. Very, yeah, and very, well, very, very well lived. You you can't. I mean, the things that are like this, they are like the things that happen. The 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 people that he coached, um, all of that was very real. And I I think you know part of part of kind of the the um, the rather like inconsequential like point I was trying to make about um, about trying to understand any of this is that. Um, is that you? You can't. One thing does not discredit the other. The the good deeds that he did, the impact he had on other people, does not discredit his 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 you know failing in in the in the whole scandal. This the the failing in the whole scandal does not in any way kind of eliminate the conversations and and um, and and kinds of you know ins- inspiration that he was able to instill in other people. I think there was a, there were a couple of really fantastic comments in the article too where where people really struggle with the same thing. I don't, I don't think it's, it's very unique. Um, you know, and, and one of the comments was almost the exact opposite of the way I looked at it, but exactly the same. And that all of these things were either good deeds or bad deeds. The problem is, is that you cannot put them all into one container and put a sticker on the container and call it something, which, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, ultimately I imagine is, is true for most people when you're looking back on their lives and, he happens to be in a situation where there's millions of us instead of, um, you know, instead of however many, you know, however many dozens of people you you're able to keep in touch with over the course of a lifetime. So um, it's it's very sad. It's still very difficult to kind of to come to grips with and or, or even to allow it to set in. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, the other interesting I, thing is that he's sorry, sorry to no. uh, cut you off. But the other interesting thing is like he he isn't very real for very many people. So obviously the players, you know, everyone is attacking the players because they see things so differently than you or I, you or I, you know, combined have less personal experience with Joe Paterno than these guys had in one morning of weightlifting. So, uh, it's, it's fairly ridiculous to me the way people pile on LeVar or pile on, um, Franco poor guy in Pittsburgh, like, relatively quiet actually in my opinion and and um and was just getting the wrath for for opinions which frankly you know i i certainly don't begrudge anyone else's opinion whether it's other big 10 bloggers or other newspaper writers or the you know the variety of of the same message that came out in the last 48 hours about um about whether or not uh you know to paint a halo over his head on the side of a brick building so i it's it's hard to really um feel entitled or, or privileged to be able to judge him or, or decide, um, when really the, our experience with this guy is, isn't, uh, isn't that different than, um, our experience with a Charlie Brown character. Right. It's, yeah, it's strange. Um, Ben, Ben Jones put together a video. Uh, I don't know if you watched it yet. I haven't seen it yet. But, um, none of this seemed actually real to me until I saw, um, at the 22 second mark, Joe, uh, walking three of his young children down the street and, um, you know, bending over to them, kissing them, pushing them along on their bicycles. And it, it was just like, Oh God, you know, 
he's a father, he's a grandfather, he's, he's, he's all these things. More than a football coach who stayed on too long, or more than, you know, uh, a guy who won a whole bunch of bowl games and a whole bunch of football games, or a guy who didn't call the state police when maybe he should have. And it, it's, it's that part of it that you forget how, you know, these aren't characters. Right. Yeah, those are the kinds of things you need to, to get this to sink in, I think. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, neither of us live in State College, and, and we're not, you know, used to passing by him occasionally or or, um, or even hearing, you know, the mundane local news stuff that doesn't get out of that, that county. Yeah, that that's when it became real to me. And I just sort of stopped, like, oh, man, of course. <laughs> you know, like, of course. Right. <laughs> The way the the news broke, um, what were you doing Saturday night? I so I was actually um, out out of the house all day long and suspected nothing um, until I started getting text messages and um, and things on Saturday. And uh, well, this isn't about me. I basically <laughs> I banged my foot up real bad and decided to um, to take painkillers and go to bed. Um, so I woke up rather early Sunday. I wish I had uh, done that. Yeah, I, I don't make a habit of it, but it was um, <laughs> an, an, an especially unusual situation with um, a hockey puck, hockey puck, and, and a fifteen-year-old pair of skates. But, but basically, um, you know, I woke up Sunday utterly confused because um, there's there's so much you know there's so much on the back end of of obvi- obviously um, running these sites and hearing this or that and and then there's trying to retrace what the hell happened on Twitter, um, then going into comments, and then also trying to figure out what was going on on the news. And I think it was about 8 or 9 o'clock when, um, when I dove in, and right when I was able to, to kind of get an understanding of this um, was when, it, was when the, you know, the, uh, the family statement came out, which was the only way it was going to re-break, um, obviously, after the, yeah. after the mess. Um, so I... I had the benefit or disadvantage of not um, not having to live through the uh, the preemptive announcement, um, you know. So, so from my perspective, um, it it all happened, and there's certainly commentary to be had on it. But it didn't, um, you know. It, you if you're staying up, by it. right? If you're staying up late at night, I can understand. Um, feeling very strange, you know, very, uh, you know, having to have the reactions and then having to retract the reaction to <laughs> the retracted news statement and then having to start over again in the morning at 10 or 10 30. Uh, it, it, uh, it, for me just seemed a little, it was so much together that the, the speed of Twitter was deemed irrelevant. So there you go. The, the counterpoint to Twitter is, is an early bedtime and, um, <laughs> and a lot of ibuprofen apparently. <laughs> 
Oh, ibuprofen. You don't even have the good stuff. Um, <laughs> that's how you. That's how you know. When I, not my. I don't friend. have the reserve on the top shelf of uh, of one of the kitchen <laughs> cabinets. Um, I because you know we have a baby and we don't go out anymore because that's how that works. <laughs> you mean you're you're not one of the parents? Uh, I've heard rumor driving around Pennsylvania having your baby blow into the uh, insulin. <laughs> Stalled breathalyzer because no. that happened in Pennsylvania, I think, at some point within the last couple I, months. I will have him drive me to the beer store when he's old enough, like in six or seven years. <laughs> but until until then, mo- most Friday and Saturday nights are spent in the house and staring at my laptop or having a drink or whatever it may be. But of course, because of this was going on, I'm, I'm just staring blankly at Twitter, watching everything just go just flying by. And, um, I saw the Onward State tweet about 30 seconds after I saw Mike Wallace, not the newsman, the Penn State cornerback, um, tweet that he, he tweeted R.I.P. Joe or you know, something about Paterno dying. And no less than 30, 30 or 45 seconds later, Onward State had confirmed it and then also said that the football players had received an email confirming it. So I thought, oh, you know, shit, this is it. (laughs) That, that in my mind was enough. Like, oh, well, clearly this is, this has been done. Um, Because it's not like, it's not like it was a sudden thing. Obviously, obviously he was, you know, in very, very poor health and never made it back out of the hospital following the, uh, the last morning of the Sally Jenkins interview in in the Washington Post. So it, it made sense that, you know, it wasn't like somebody had, like, you know, every once in a while, like, a, a, a Twitter rumor will start, like, oh, Morgan Freeman died. Like, oh, shit. And everybody starts retweeting it, and, and that happens. This at least sort of lined up. So, and, and then, of course, CBS puts out a, a, a story right away. The AP picks it up. There there was also somebody who had tweeted earlier that a radio station in State College had said that he had died. I'm I'm just some guy in a dark room staring at Twitter, so I'm like, oh shit, this has happened. And I, I think there were a lot of people that were the equivalent of of me, some guy in a dark room staring at Twitter. Just you know, you watch how this how these things spread, and it, it became this sort of firestorm that you know a, a few seconds later, I'm, I'm sort of looking at the timeline right now. Um, I mean, Huffington, Huffington Post went with it. The AP went with it and, and sent it out to 3.5 million followers. Um, yeah, SB Nation ran with it. SB Nation um, ran with it. I changed the name of a post from Joe Paterno, Grayly Ill, to Joe Paterno, 1926 to 2012. I mean, we all... It happened to all of us in, in, in its own way. Um, so I apologize for for not waiting, but, um, you know, that was sort of my way of, of letting the readers know, like, guys, you know, this is, this has happened. Um, NBC went with it, uh, and, and then all of a sudden the, uh, the retraction came out from, uh, Dan McGinn, the, uh, uh, public relations guy who took over during the, uh, the scandal for the Paterno family. And, and then shit really hit the fan. And <laughs> Jay Paterno sent out a tweet said, you know, Joe's continuing to fight. The Washington Post sent out a tweet, said the uh, paternal families denied reports of paternal's death. 
and then at 929 uh, onward state had to retract its report <laughs> and, and and then you know Devin Edwards resigned and uh, people were very mad at Adam Jacoby and, and CBS and and I, I I don't know how angry to be about it it's it's surely irresponsible and uh, Jake Laser put it a very good way on Twitter that you never want to be the first one to report a death and uh, I would add to that unless you're in the room with the body <laughs> and uh, that's probably a good a good lesson for everybody all of us and of course you know Paterno was you know he, he died about 12 hours later. So, I mean, I don't, because it was so close to the end and because, you know, he ended up dying 12 hours later, I think that lessens the sting of it, uh, quite a bit of, of the, the mass screw up. It's, uh, I, I think it'll be a good learning point or a good learning tool for future journalists and, and for the people who screwed it up, uh, along the way. My outrage is less than others. I know yours is as well. Yeah, it's a good point, though. I mean, I, I you know, if 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 he had passed two weeks after that happened, um, people would be really pissed. Yeah, it would it would be awkward. That's for sure, because you you would um you would be unable to do any do do your job at all, basically. Right. Um. And until there was some resolution, or at least some some. Uh, understanding of what happened but you know the, the it it does twitter twitter has a way of um of just making everything really noisy and and part of me wonders if it's really twitter that's doing that or or started that or if, or if that's kind of always been the case i mean when when you when you're in a situation where a lot of people are shouting things um it's very easy to uh to just kind of, I, mean, I remember, like as, as a stupid example, um, a teacher strike when I was in middle school, and we're all kind of crammed into this um, cafeteria, and people are shouting things about, you know, these people ran away, these uh, the police are, you know, I just remember feeling so like disoriented and excited, but also um, just confused because everyone would say something, and it was like the very classic case of telephone, um, right. Twitter at least has the uh, has the advantage of being able to kind of verbatim pass things along that that uh, our human brains are apparently unable to do. So I and the I think that that's just kind of hit retweet immediately. Like, oh shit, everybody else has to know about this. Right, my, my four hundred followers need to know who all follow this yeah. person. By the way, <laughs> right, um, right, exactly. Like, I retweet things that Ben Jones sends out. Like, what what's the point? <laughs> right, he is yeah. ten times my followers. Yeah, I mean, at least you, grappled, by the way, you have some type of critical <laughs> mass. I um, <laughs> there's thirty readers on on the site that have more Twitter followers than I do. Um, you know, I I think I I don't want to. I can understand why people are upset, and I'm not here to to um to dismiss dismiss that because there are like very real concerns for people that are dealing with this more on a daily basis than I am. And then, but I, and, you know, it, it's, it, and, and to add to that, people are very emotionally invested in, in Joe Paterno and, and, you know, this, it, it's sort of been the culmination of months of, of anger and high emotions anyway. So you don't want the final 
chapter of it to be screwed up. Yeah, so you I get that. I yeah, I to, I yeah, that's a really good point because there there aren't very many. This isn't a um this isn't a five-star recruit out of, you know, greater Pittsburgh. It's um where people are emotionally invested in that. This is is something very very different. So I I do get that, but I I also um you know, two things are, are, are very real. And one is that Twitter is very noisy and, and will always have this problem. And it's been inherent and kind of obvious since it's, it's, you know, was institutionalized. And two, for people that, um, are not in the multi-million dollar business of flying and, and putting people up in hotels in order to ask questions or, or sneak into, um, to, you know, government buildings or hospitals to, to dig around and, and get information that isn't public or, or announced officially. Um, we have no other choice, but to, um, you know, Onward State has been, um, commended for a variety of reasons, a variety of times. They're not, uh, you know, this was not, um, you know, run up the score dot blogspot.com or whatever, whatever, uh, whatever that that was um yeah. the big 11th so so i think uh i i think all we can do is pass on the stuff we hear and if 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 it has to come back around and, and be retracted then it's um it's the price we pay for a pretty enormous upgrade in our ability to learn things very quickly um you know ultimately from that how does Penn State reconcile and reinsert Joe Paterno into the the modern history and the modern story of the football program you know he was taken out of all the videos he is I mean after his, after his game, rights were separated I think I remember hearing his, his, yeah, his likeness was uh, separated from the university um, the uh, gopsf.com the Basic, uh, basically, the propaganda arm of the online presence of the football program took down a number of uh, Joe Paterno's videos, like the the four hundred four hundredth win, the four hundred eighth win, four hundred ninth win. A lot of those milestones were just erased, uh, even before the uh, Paterno lawyers and Penn State lawyers agreed to stop capitalizing on his likeness. You know, at the stadium right now. It's just you know all those all the lights are on and there's the image of Paterno, the the sort of now famous image of him standing with his arms folded, smile on his face, very very classy, beautiful picture. Um, how do they work that back in? I mean, what happens when the blue white game comes around? Yeah, and, we <laughs> and the you know the, the the motivational videos are put up on the screen. Do they include Joe Paterno? I, I guess they have to now. Um, would they have included Paterno if he had lived another three years? I I don't know. So it, it's gonna it's a very difficult balancing act that the university and the athletic department and and, and Guido Delia are going to have to dance uh, very carefully. Yeah, they they definitely, you know, when they started the PR cycle, which was kind of the whitewash that, you know, with with what I'm convinced was a was a total, you know, buy off job for that USA Today article about the emphasizing football. You had 
um, all of the things you talked about, which are not not insignificant. You had, you know, Penn State is involved, despite despite what we think about Jim Delaney. You know, Penn State is involved in the decisions of the Big Ten, and removing his name from the trophy was, I'm sure, not something that um, that Penn State would have, you know, been the only ones to try to do. But I mean, there there was a variety of institutionalized separation. <clears throat> And it 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 appears, you know, I obviously don't have any proof of this, but it appears it was as simple as hiring a PR firm. The PR firm saying that all kind of all related news is bad related news, and, and you know, any way you can disassociate, you should. Which all was, um, you know, I'm sure very textbook style uh, proven, except that you know the the problem of him dying and you having to recognize the fact that that school is um is you know potentially not as big or interesting or well known as bloomsburg university if joe paterno hadn't gone there (laughs) i mean it's it's hard to i mean they they are there because of him so to to completely ignore it seems seems obviously ridiculous um it it feels already like his his death has kind of caused people to to kind of you know um hard stop uh the this process of separation and re kind of reintegration of his image i mean the yeah. i thought that the this the state's decision to lower flags to half staff was a very very interesting one um in in part because it was so public and and that that means a lot to do that um or at least you know that the history of doing it uh is is uh is very interesting and and um and and you know spans a variety of different things. So I I think that they my suspicion is that they're ready to move back in. Although I will say the one thing that that surprised me I watched most of the playoff games on Sunday, and I didn't hear a mention of Joe Paterno at all. Um, I did during the the Capitals Penguins game um, on NBC, but I didn't. And I'd love to be corrected if I just missed it, but I didn't hear a single mention of him during either of the playoff games. Um, I also um, didn't see a single release come out from the Big Ten. I'm sure you know we're both on the the Big Ten kind of yeah propaganda that's a good, email that's machines. A good point. I, I get those emails too, and and they're. I mean, that's a any. that's a no brainer that I, the Big Ten would celebrate the crap out of that. Had I got all. I got the Big Ten wrestler of the week email. Yeah, that came in this morning, and and um, no statement on Paterno. None at all. Oh, so shit, I never even thought of that. That that is really you know that in contrast to the to the flags that have staff thing there, it's That's, pretty wide wide span of, yeah. of decisions by different institutions. That makes me very unhappy. Huh. Yeah, I mean you know the Big Ten you know I know that Penn State is is still thought of as a relative um, newcomer, but I you know the <laughs> the legends and leaders thing was completely mocked. Um, and ridiculed and is still mocked and ridiculed, but it was founded on this idea that, you know, we are kind of the people before us that built us and, and our, our cultures and and our um, institutions are the result of great leadership and, and, uh, and all of those other obvious things. So, so to not, to not turn or turn around and at least mention or acknowledge it is, um, it's pretty, pretty criminal and you know they, they the big 10 I, i'm not trying to compare because this argument ends very quickly as, as soon as someone says the obvious catchphrase but there are there are complicated characters that are being celebrated by the big 10 none of those guys are saints so 
um, the precedent is you don't have to be an angel to uh, to get your name in an email from Scott whatever at Big Ten Network dot com or whatever. So there is a, a very very short statement on the Big Ten website, uh, January twenty second, which you know I guess was the day he died. We are deeply saddened by the loss of Joe Paterno, said Big Ten Commissioner James E. Delaney. His passing marks a tremendous loss for Penn State college football and for countless fans, coaches, and student-athletes. Our condolences go out to the Paterno family and the entire Penn State community. And that's it. That's it. Um, and, and is something better than nothing? Yeah, I guess. But it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get to the, to the main page now to see if there's anything... Something actually, there's a picture of Bill O'Brien on the front page, <laughs> and Tom Brady, uh, which is really funny. You know, and I also saw, you know, I saw comments that they they did run some some features on Sunday afternoon, but they were all highly, highly um, uh, dramatized and um, conflicting, and and I know there's a lot of debate that that happened about what the appropriate way to. People were really stuff. mad about how the Big Ten Network handled it. Yeah, I, I hadn't really seen any, anyone did, that upset at at um, at you know Jerry Donardo. Yeah, especially <laughs> especially Jerry Donardo, who seemed so chummy with Paterno whenever they would go visit, you know, fall practices or spring practices or whatever it was. Oh, two Italian New Yorkers, yeah, you know, chumming around. He apparently was really the one who was playing the heel role. Like, he was playing the Mark May role. And um, it was it was weird. I, I know uh, a few of our readers on Twitter were saying, you know, they're watching this Joe Paterno thing. And 25 minutes into the show, it's been four minutes of commercials and 18 minutes of them just talking about Jerry Sandusky. Yeah, it was it was and, not a uh, it was not a retrospective from from what I understood either, and I didn't see it. But and it, it's so contrary to what the Big Ten Network is, which is a total propaganda, a total prop. Yeah, yeah. It, it it it's you know the Jim Delaney's statement, for? right? Jim Delaney's statement on the trophy was that the game is about student athletes, and it's not about controversy, and it's not about you know we're not in, we're not going to create any distractions to take away from what we're here to do, which is to facilitate these football games. So, so if, if you're running this propaganda machine, a very profitable one, and, and usually a pretty good one, a pretty entertaining one, why are you blatantly alienating, if not the biggest, and, and I, I think Penn State still has the biggest alumni network in the country, throw in Ohio State and Michigan too if you want. You know, one of the three biggest fan bases you deal with why are you shitting on a guy who just died after 61 years of service? But we all, like, you know, and and this is coming from somebody who thought Joe Paterno should have been fired. Right. You know, like I'm, I'm no apologist here, but come on. And there, someone brought up a great point that the, you know, the NFL playoffs were going on. There were several key basketball games going on. Um, the audience that they were delivering those to right. was not, it was, was not, not a diversified yeah. Yeah, set of college football fans. It was, it was, it was 95% Penn State fans. Sure it was. So did, why not just, just play a women's basketball a game and put something on the bottom line? I mean, I, I, I guess like why, you know, it's so weird to distance yourself um, so coldly, you know, in the trophy situation and not sending any emails out. And then when it's time to, um, 
to break the news and do the retrospective to to be so controversial and um you know i i think we can all agree not all there's certainly people who don't but when someone dies there is a grace period where we do not have to necessarily uh we're not we're not in court you know we're not we don't have to make sure to be like completely um you know bringing all of the facts to every sentence that we spit out so so I, I just don't really understand, you know, within 12 hours that the, the, uh, the, the, the push for that seems. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't hype it that much. And, and the big, the big 10 network did its best to get the word out that this, oh, we're going to be showing a, a tribute to Joe Paterno tonight at eight o'clock. Well, why turn around and, and, and go heel on it? Right. And I mean, tomorrow they're going to be broadcasting, you know, it'll be today when those, you know, when you're listening to it, to this. Um, I think at two o'clock, I mean, what's, how much Sandusky is going to be in that? Hopefully they got the word. I know a lot of people sent letters and emails and phone calls and all that, but do it right. Big 10 network for, yeah. for, for just an afternoon, just do it right. Or just be yourself and, and ignore anything that could spark any negative reaction from anybody, which is right. Which is what you're which supposed is why those, to do. Right. Which is why, why those guys get paid. To it's do. why you exist. Right. And you're not, uh, Woburn Bernstein. Okay. Get over yourselves. So, so one last thing, the, yes. the, the wide variety of, of reactions, um, and I mean on the national scale, how would you, uh, how would you characterize the, um, the way those were handled and, and whether or not they, you know, it, I, to me, I, I was, I was curious what the impact was going to be after hearing the news and, and how everyone was going to editorialize. But, you know, of all the, for as little as you and I knew him personally, you know, Guys like, um, you know, fellow bloggers, big national writers, um, higher profile, you know, kind of web, web centric guys knew him very, very little to the point where most of them probably had watched not even a handful of of his football games. Um, What what do you think of kind of the reaction nationally? I think that those people who typically go for cheap heat went for cheap heat. You know, uh, there, there's a guy out in, in Oregon named uh, Kenzaro who was uh, famous for getting up Chip Kelly's ass about just about everything. He's basically there. He's like a local Skip Bayless. <laughs> you know, the people that sounds so much worse than National Skip Bayless. It, it does. It's so much more uh, pointed. Um, I, I think most of the people who are of that flavor went for that angle. There was a guy out in Chicago who just wrote one of the most tasteless, tasteless things I've ever seen. Um, Brian Cook, you know, uh, I, I consider him an internet friend. Um, I, I think he does great work, but he had a lot of facts wrong. I think he sort of went for a, a, an angle that didn't need to be gone for, <laughs> essentially, uh, so soon. I, I mean, look, like I said, I'm I'm somebody who 
thought that Joe Paterno should have been fired for the Sandusky thing, and, and, and that goes for Spanier and Curly and Schultz and the rest of them, too. Um, I, I don't exactly condone child abuse. I <laughs> We're still putting that on the record, by the way. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, in, in case there's any doubt, for those of you listening to this uh, show for the first time, I generally uh, frown upon child sexual abuse. But, you know, Brian wrote something that said it was all about Sandusky, and it's not. That It's something I expect a stupid person to write, to be honest with you. And I know he's not. And um, it was disappointing. I, I, I you know, I, I defend his right to, you know, say what he wants after it, but I, I just can't get on board with it. And, and that's something, you know, like I said, coming from someone who is very, very much outraged by this entire situation. Um, to say that it was entirely about Sandusky or the biggest thing was Sandusky does a tremendous disservice to everything else Joe Paterno did and everything else he accomplished. And I don't think, you know, it, it comes down to, do I think that that failure to uh, do a little bit extra, do, does that outweigh everything else he did? No. It doesn't. Sorry. It doesn't. Um, and, and if that makes me a horrible person, so be it. But, you know, you're, you're talking about 61 years of uh, diligent, faithful, benevolent service to a university and a community and to people um, being outweighed by, essentially, as, as Jesse puts it on our site, being the most famous guy to not do enough about Jerry Sandusky. Yeah, disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah, I'm disappointed, in Joe Paterno, for not doing more. Does that outweigh everything else? It doesn't. Sorry. Je- Jesse. Jesse has a way of inserting um, humor. Has has been fleeting, but um, asking under very random situations whether um, whether you know any random group. I, I can't. It's, we're gonna have to cut this out because I can't even spit it out of my mouth. But he. <laughs> You know, anytime something somebody is involved in any story at all, the question is whether or not they did enough to handle the Sandusky to to publicize it. To to me, like I, I reached a breaking point in the moralizing this week, um, and really by Sunday night, um, it's it's very hard to read this stuff over and over and over and over again. And I don't think that's even because I'm a Penn State fan. I think just in general, reading reading the same article, um, you know, I have. I have just as much respect for Brian and also for Spencer, who I um, who who I read and and just think is fantastic. At, yeah, he wrote amazing, great writers. Amazing, but you know, story. he even he I knew I, and I knew this is this is my problem, not his problem. Um, and I knew that that I had a problem when I thought this, but there, he had a very short, innocent, um, you know, somewhat innocent line in in the piece that that was otherwise just brilliant. That that said, you know, what do you do when when you know what his his actions are are unforgivable and my immediate reaction was um was that it's not really it's not really spencer hall's decision um uh, orson swindle's decision to decide whether it's unforgivable or not and it's certainly not my decision and and so it seems such a weird approach to to take to um you know and it's not unique and and i in a lot of ways you know don't even disagree with what he said um to the extent that him and i are allowed to say stuff like that about people that we don't know but um it's it was in in some ways you know hopefully as this tapers off and um and we move on 
in whatever way that is, you know, we're able to, to kind of quit that and learn from that. And then, and then also, um, you know, I think one of the ways I guess to get back to, to a more positive question that you brought up is, you know, the, the legacy here could be action. So, you know, we can talk and talk and blame and, and make excuses for people and then attack the people that make excuses, um, as not moral enough, or we could, we could reintegrate this whole thing and, and then, and then be, you know, figure out a way to, uh, you know, Penn State's very good at fundraising. They're the best, arguably the best nonprofit institution in the world at raising funds, actually. Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe part of the legacy here is, is that we're able to continue to do good and, and, um, and bring to attention and focus on positive, not even positive things, but just constructive ones. Um, that would be a very interesting way for the school and the conference and just kind of the sports, the sports rhetoric machine to, um, to move on from this. I think I thought it was interesting that, um, in, and I believe it was the Poznanski um, story that came out today, or I think it was today, that one of Joe Paterno's final words to to Poznanski was, I hope the truth comes out. And I don't know what that means. You know, and it, it was just this sort of... Like, does he mean... I mean... Does he mean that directly as, as his involvement goes or how the charges against Sandusky go or, you know, despite Paterno being dead, which I keep saying that it, it still doesn't seem real. Right. Um, it just, you know, he was 85 and had cancer and I still can't be like, oh my God, he's dead. Um, it, it doesn't seem that we, you know, we might know. 85% of the story now, and we may never know 100%, but I think there's still more information to be had. In ter- and, and there's still more trials to be had. You know, Tim Curley and Gary Schultz are going to go to trial. Jerry Sandusky, as of, you know, 9.35 on Tuesday night, is still planning to go to trial. So, so there's there's more to, more, more to be had. And it may, you know, it may in, in, in fact end up being that people try to pin more stuff on Joe Paterno now that he's not here to defend himself. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you have, a, you have a whole internal... I know that we're not yeah, done yet. Penn State has a, a very big internal investigation that they're trying to launch, which may turn out to, to be a non-issue. But I, I think you're, the, the thing that's so weird about that to me is um, is that he, he's, in a, he's in a somewhat good position to... Um, to share with us things that we want to know. So I, I don't, I, I don't know how, maybe, maybe there's a, a bigger plan that, um, that involves a lot of lawyers and a, and a lot of, um, cons, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, you've have a lot of, you have a, also, you know, you have, you have legal issues, you have, you have legitimate victims, you have, um, a lot of, a lot of different things going on, but it, I'd, I'd love to find out more, and I don't mean that because I want to. I want to vindicate um, people that I liked before this happened. I, I just think. I, I wonder. I wonder how to, how we learn stuff, and and then the other thing is, is I'm still not entirely sure that that we'll ever get good answers to kind of this, the great the great confliction between these things, though. We probably won't. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't think we'll get to 100. percent I don't think that's possible. 
but there, there's more to be had. And yeah, I, I don't necessarily care about vindicating Joe Paterno. I, I want the truth to come out. You know, if it, if it, if it turns out that Joe made this huge mistake by not acting more forcefully on information that he had, I already think that. So that's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to change my opinion on the man. Like that's, it can only get better (laughs) from this point forward. Um, I, I just want, you know, justice for the victims. I want them to make a concerted effort to find out who these boys were. And if they need help, get them help, pay for it as long as it takes. Uh, if Jerry Sandusky did these things, I want his ass in jail. If Gary Schultz and Tim Curley knowingly lied to the grand jury, I want them punished for it. You know, I, I'm not breaking ground here by saying, oh, I want the truth to come out. But it's 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 still a good thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's it's really easy to, you know, we've talked about this for, for months now. It's very easy to get carried away in this whole story because the... There are a million layers to it. That's there, I mean, Yeah, and the, the egos and the, the size of the characters is not proportionate to their role in, in the scandal. You, so You can't pick up, I mean, it's like trying to pick up a gallon of jelly laying on the floor. You just, <laughs> you can get a good amount of it, but you just, you're just squeezing it through your fingers at a certain point. Yeah, and and I'm sure I know I know for a fact that that us and thousands of other people have struggled with even how to explain explain how we feel about any of this stuff. So it's it's I guess it's one of these things that will fade away as we um, remember at some point between now and the blue and white game that we have a football team, um, which which again is how we got drawn into all of the the saga in the first place. But it's. Three or four days after the fact, it's still very difficult to uh, to put any of it into context, I think. David Cross had a good joke years and years ago about, um, you know, some guy out in Texas or Oklahoma or something after 9-11 happened and all the football games were canceled. And he said, oh, you know, I feel bad and all, but can't someone just pick up a goddamn football and throw it around? <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, there, there's a, a non insignificant part of me that feels that way. It's like, oh, I'll just get back to, you know, the, the escape of being able to meet my friends in a, in a parking lot in the middle of Pennsylvania, drink beer at eight in the morning, uh, maybe go into a football game, maybe just drive back home, but just, you know, <laughs> enjoying the things once again, that really are, don't have anything to do with scandal or, you know, don't really have anything to do with football themselves. Just being able to meet up with people you love and, right. and enjoy their company and, and be outside on a nice fall day in the middle of Pennsylvania. You know, that's, it sounds pretty good right now. Yeah. And you know, the, like, like you mentioned uh, to me over email earlier in the week, it's going to get probably a lot more awkward as we get into the uh, transition before, before it gets anything back to, <laughs> to normal, unfortunately. It will, but I'm uh, I'm ready, and you know I'm ready for all the weirdness that that is about to ensue, and um, I, I think a lot of other people are as well. That doesn't mean we turn our backs completely on what's going on, but you know the book's not finished. But I, I think it's okay to turn a page every once in a while. 
Yeah, I certainly can't argue with that. (laughs) And uh, that should wrap things up. It's uh, 55 minutes of of nonsensical rambling at this point. So uh, (laughs) uh, bless you, Joe Paterno. Uh, We'll miss you greatly. Um, Don't know what else to say. It's it's been been a hell of a run. It's been all I've ever known. Uh, my dad graduated from Penn State in 1966, so he, he's been the head coach ever since my dad graduated. <laughs> so it, it's uh, it, it, it's crazy stuff. So uh, uh, we'll talk again very soon. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Subscribe in the iTunes link. And uh, thanks for joining us, and, and thanks for being a part of Black Shoe Diaries. We've uh, enjoyed and very much needed your company and wisdom throughout the, uh, the last few months. So uh, thanks to everybody for... Uh, for being good people. See you next time.